Hey, you're listening to the Stir Crazy Podcast, episode number 64, Verb Pod in the House. How is everyone doing? Um, I promise you today that I will not be as emo as my last Verb Pod. Like, I mean, I'm promising that, although I don't care that I was emo the last one, but whatever. Definitely in a different energy space. How's everyone doing? Um, I have the TV on right now. I'm watching the stupid impeachment, which aka the second impeachment of the last president and sincerely uh one of the lawyers for the defense is um a personal injury lawyer and i'm not exaggerating about that but i don't know like it fires me up because like it's just so stupid and we've been through so much collective trauma the last couple of years, but knowing that with all the evidence here that um, people in the GOP are gonna still like vote vote to um, not convict him and all that kind of just like really just um, is as a human and as an American citizen that like what What's, <laughs> I mean, there's so many things that are wrong with this world, but like you really just, um, someone like me who is already like hyper disillusioned with the status quo of government um, and is definitely way, way, way more progressive than most people in my life. And I, I'm aware of that um this kind of proves my point <laughs> this shit like um centrism in terms of democrats got us here just as much as the radicalization of the gop i mean by all means i definitely think the gop needs to be dismantled whereas um centrism as a disorder of the Democratic Party or center-right people, um, I don't want to say can be rehabilitated more, but I think there's still a lot more in overall integrity left in what was known as the umbrella of the Democratic Party. And um, there's more room for progressive voices to come in and I don't want to say radicalize, uh, because I think that the things that we want as progressives are so beneficial for all mankind, 
But um, yeah, like whatever this like incarnation of the GOP is, it's like cult shit. It's it's based on a um, anti-Semitism tropes and um, it's really wacky, but for everyone who's like, I don't know how we got here. Like, this is so crazy. And they think it's all Donald Trump. That's, that's incorrect. And I'm not going to relitigate it because I, I scream about it all the time, but this shit now, um, started way, way back with the Southern solution and, um, Newt Gingrich and a lot of a lot of people um, along the the road, Ronald Reagan even, who everyone lionizes, but he was a absolute piece of shit. So I mean, I'm not gonna get into politics too much, although there is like a hot goss story that I wanna talk to you guys about um, at some point during this podcast, but not yet. So right now, um, I'm recording this on February 12th, which means in two days is Valentine's Day. And so I've, you know, um, I usually do this like every year on my face, face place. Um, but I, I figure why not turn this into a podcast topic? So what I usually say um, every every Valentine's Day, and I mean it, I sincerely mean it, and I that's why I always say it. I mean, first and foremost, as everybody can rationally think to themselves, um, you know, Valentine's Day is just another consumer, capitalistic greeting card holiday. There's no religious importance to it. Um, there might've been a Saint Valentine. I can't speak so much, you know, about the whole Christian sainthood or Catholic stuff, um, as we know, because I am a Jew, but what I can speak about is what I believe in my heart. Valentine's Day is stupid. It is so fucking dumb. And much like the social constructs surrounding, you know, prioritizing in our, in our world, almost like that, if you're not in a partnership or you're not in a traditional partnership, um, you know, whatever, if you're, if you're single or you're polyamorous or whatever the deal is, if you're not like a rom-com, like you're, or you're not married, um, this fucking world, our society is just so stupid and cruel to people. Like, it can be argued, excuse me, 
that most holidays are kind of stupid. And I know that for some people, um, all holidays can be triggering. Some people are like me. I'm ambivalent about my birthday. Like I have this like, and I've always had it. Like I, I think this is kind of me in um, my neuroses. Like, and I'm, I'm, you know, me transparent. So I'm, I feel comfortable sharing with you. I hate my birthday. I, I would say from like a week before my birthday, especially the first few days um, before it and definitely on it, I um, I actually probably do the most um, weird crying, <laughs> crying spells than usual. One second. Sorry about that. Got a got a call. Where was I? Okay, so um, my birthday. So yeah, I get super emotional about it. It's not like a thing about like aging. It's just something like I feel a lot of stress about. Um, you know, in normal times, I feel stress about planning things. I hate planning for myself. Although I'm a total. Um, type a like really like uh, it's it's again neuroses i'm totally being honest about it i don't want to plan anything i hate it but yet i also i'm super super critical about like people remembering it's my birthday it's like i i want to cry all day and curl up in a ball but i also conversely want everybody to like care that I was born. So like I pay attention and I think I've talked about this on the other pod, like I care if you remember my birthday because I try really hard to remember everybody else's birthday because in the same token, I feel like um, people deserve to be recognized, especially if you consider them your friend. So whatever. So I don't like birthdays. So my long-winded point is that people are triggered by all sorts of things. Like maybe you lost a loved one on, um, on um, Christmas or, you know, some people, they lose somebody and it's their first like holiday without them or, or you broke up with somebody. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of things that trigger people, but I just think there's something innately weird about Valentine's in particular, because whether or not it's a fake holiday or not, like the way it's branded is as this like love, love, like romantic love thing. There isn't a lot of promotion of self-love, self-empowerment, um, of non-traditional partnership, like I said. Um, I just find it supremely offensive in a sense um, of, of all the phony and fake shit 
um, holidays. Like it's not about family. It's not about togetherness. It's about they want to have a separation of people that are traditionally coupled and people that aren't. And that's something from a very young age, even when I've been in relationships, I personally, I'm just like, this is bothersome to me. I think that that's a shitty thing to do. And that coupled with the strong emphasis on capitalism and consumerism and that to celebrate this holiday, you have to do flowers, which by the way, I'm not a big, big fan of flowers anyway, so don't, oh, I shouldn't say don't get, meh. Anyways, express yourself however you want to me, partner. But, but you know what I mean? Like it, you have to go to dinner or get expensive drinks or cook a fancy meal or like do all these things and laundry, which I never do. <laughs> Sorry, I'm so lazy. Um, no, I'm not lazy. I'm a Taurus, a double Taurus. So I'm ruled by Venus. Like I got shit on lock other ways. I don't need all the pomp and circumstance. I don't have to put a tassel on my titties. I'm dope the way I am. But um, I just always, every year, I just feel the need when it's Valentine's Day to remind people that they're loved. Um, some years you're loved uh, by a romantic partnership. Some years you're not. Some years you need to for, um, for holistic healing, emotional healing. Um, you got yourself out of a relationship that was not serving you well. And I think that's great. Um, we put way too much stress and importance on traditional partnership in, in the world, I guess. And while you, if you have traditional partnership, if you, I think you can hold two things together at one time. You can be grateful to have love, traditional love relationship, and also recognize that the promotion of this fucking holiday is so reductive. Like it's just, it's, it's dumb and that if you are not in a traditional partnership or if you are not partnered at all, or you're, especially this year, people are isolated. Um, and I'm sure like being whatever single means to you right now, I can't imagine personally right now because I, you know, obviously I'm married, but, but I just want you to know, like, I have extreme empathy for my friends that are not partnered um, during a pandemic. I'm sure there's a lot of anxiety, like, am I ever going to date again? Um, is like dating and mating going to 
feel safe to me ever again. Like, I mean, because we're having an honest conversation. The one thing, <laughs> the one thing I will miss about um, not being married or, you know, in like dating, not that I, I not that I did it. I mean, I, I, I'm kind of that one of those people. I'm either supremely locked down and 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 pretty um, pretty into the whole monogamy thing when I'm there, or if I have had like pieces of um, singleness, I did whatever the hell I wanted to. And I felt very empowered and fine about that. But, um, you know, <laughs> right now with the pandemic, it's a little bit scary or hard to like even, I'm sure my friends um, are maybe on the apps right now. And like, I mean, I'm sure people wanna fuck and like, and I'm sure people are, or I actually, I know people that have um, from the apps, like been intimate with people that they've met on them and whatever. But, uh, you know, it, it's kind of harder to like, as is like um, casual sex is, is kind of like chancing fate, depending on what your boundaries are in terms of uh, using contraception and all of that crap. But um, I mean, <laughs> STDs versus um, potentially losing your life to a virus, like a pandemic virus, game changer, I'm sure. So anyhow, what I'm saying is that what I always like to remind my um, non-traditionally partnered friends or single friends, however you like to frame it, you're loved. You're loved by me. Um, even if we're not friends in real life and you're listening to this, you as my podcast listener, I care for you. And I thank you for listening to me and we're building a rapport, a relationship of sorts. You and my, you being part of our listenership know that I care about you wherever you are and you're not alone. Um, you have friends that love you. You have family that loves you. If your family fucking sucks, you still have friends that love you. You have an animal in your life that loves you. Um, the universe loves you. I don't believe that the universal energy um, has any preference for, for, for people really. I mean, as long as you're putting good energy into the universal like spirit space, then your karma is good. And whatever you want out of romance, like some people, you don't want a traditional partnership. So what I hope for you is that when things um, get less, stressful and everyone gets vaccinated for you guys that don't want a traditional partnership i hope you find a multitude of romantic 
interactions that fulfill your needs and give you joy and all that. I truly do. And I just don't want anyone to like listen to the bullshit. There's nothing wrong with you if you're not in a partnership. Even if you haven't been in a partnership, a traditional partnership for years, there is nothing wrong with you. You are lovable. Love yourself first, cliche as it sounds. And the universe has its way of guiding you to what you need. And everybody's needs are different. Like I said, I, you know, um, when I was younger, I used to say, I want to be married by 25. The universe. And I was, I was involved with someone at the age of 25. Um, and it's funny because that's for me, for the proof of my spiritual belief practices, because I'm so glad I had, I didn't like end up um, at that age married or with the person I was partnered with at that time because they weren't, they weren't, um, they weren't right for me. And then I'm so glad that the universe, um, <laughs> definitely, yeah, no, if you believe in the universe, the universe will look out for you. The universe has, has definitely helped me dodge so many bullets, literally. Like I used to live on Dolores between 15th and 16th. One time I was walking home from either the 500 Club or Delirium and I passed this bar, Double Dutch, that on the weekends was known for kind of having a mixed crowd. Um, and I walked by them to go home. And I'm not joking, five minutes after I passed Double Dutch, there was like a drive-by shooting with like, I think of multiple homicides. I might've seen the people outside that were killed. I choose to believe that my spiritual like and ancestors and angels said, leave bar you're at now and walk home. So whatever, there's nothing wrong with you. Don't buy into the bullshit. Valentine's is stupid. I most of my years in partnerships i never i never celebrated it even with my partners at those times last year's was fun though i will say because mike and i ended up watching them filming the matrix movie till like four in the morning but anyways enough of that stupid fucking valentine's day we don't care We don't care because guys, <laughs> uh, 
<sighs> misogyny is misogyny is misogynizing, right? Um, let's see. Let let me bring up some stuff. And oh man. So. <sighs> All right. So. I believe that, of course, relationships are complicated as is as we were just saying, like, whatever. And I can't even imagine being a person of note and because of what you are, like what you do for a living, who you work for, if you're a famous person, whatever, if you have notoriety. I can't even imagine people caring about your relationship and usually they should not. So I say this to give the context. Somebody on President Biden's um, communications team by the name of, a truly tragic name, TJ Ducklow. Um, he's one of the few men I think in the comms, the new comms team in Biden's uh, administration. And TJ, la like, was it last week? I should have known something, something was brewing. I, I, I should have known better. I read so much like, you know, political stuff. As you guys know, I should have known. People Magazine last week did this thing about TJ and Axios, which is a new like newer um, political, think of it as like Quibi, Quick Bites for politics which was actually started by a guy that was one of the head dudes at Politico, which in a way makes this like very, very incestuous. So Tara Palmieri, she used to work for ABC News, I believe, has been like really like in, to, like has a podcast about like Epstein stuff. She now works for Politico. And I guess people found out that this guy, TJ Ducklow, who works for Biden now, um, was dating an Axios reporter by the name of Alexi McCammond. Alexi's super pretty, like, oh my God, like just, just gorgeous. I was a little confused because I know a few months ago on MSNBC, because she also contributes to MSNBC, uh, I know that um, she was engaged. So I was like, wait, what, the guy she engaged to 
the Biden dude, but it turns out, no, like she was just like, according to the People magazine thing that I initially read, she and this guy TJ had been friends for a long time. And then they finally in November um, realized that they were in love with each other. Is the timeline correct? Or was she fucking around on whoever she was engaged to before? I don't know. I don't care. That's not my business. But like I said, People Magazine did a story about it. And I should have known they probably did that story because something else was going to come out. So today I opened my eyes and um, Tara Palmieri, like I said, who works for Politico now, I guess, um, call they had gotten wind of the relationship between Alexi McCammond and TJ Ducklow. And, you know, the, the, it's nobody's business, but in terms of like Alexi McCammond um, covers politics in, especially at the White House. And one part of the people story is she, meaning Alexi said that she wasn't going to, she was gonna res not resign from um, Axios, but take a step back on covering anything with the Biden presidency because of her, her relationship with this guy. So, I mean, I totally understand A, that Washington, AKA the swamp, shouts out to Donald Trump, you know, like, there is a lot of like backstabbing and all. maybe Tara was trying to like nail them on something, come up for Politico over Axios, who knows? But I guess um, people were getting wind of this relationship and Tara was gonna write, she had been asked to, to, to report for Politico on the relationship and so she did the customary thing where she called to get a comment from TJ, tragic name, Ducklow. Here's some excerpts from a uh, Vanity Fair, <laughs> um, a Vanity Fair article that was written about what pissed me off. So, Here's an excerpt. During the off-the-record call, Ducklow made derogatory and misogynistic comments accusing Paul Mary from Politico of only reporting on his relationship, which due to the ethics questions that factor into the relationship between a journalist and White House official falls under the purview of her reporting beat because she was, in quotation marks, jealous that an unidentified man in the past had wanted to, uh, also in quotation marks, wanted to fuck McCammond and not you. Ducklow also accused Palmieri of being jealous of his relationship with McCammond. Palmieri had no prior relationship or communication with McCammond before calling her to report on the playbook item, which was a story that she was assigned and had not independently pursued. I read this and my head almost exploded for a number of reasons. 
also follow up from that since it all like blew up. The day that uh, Joe Biden was um, sworn in, he swore in the rest of his staff and he said on television in front of everyone, as you should, but of course, there's always going to be hypocrisy in politics. I get it. He had said, if anybody on our staff is caught like mistreating um, people, blah, 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 they will be fired immediately. Shocking. Um, TJ has, as of right now, I'm thinking it'll change the more more it's reported on, but TJ has been suspended without pay for a week. Um, uh, he's the word, I will destroy you. Um, more, more excerpts from Vanity Fair. The confrontation began on inauguration day, January 20th, after Palmieri, a co-author of Politico's playbook, contacted McCammon for comment while one of her male colleagues left a message for Ducklow, according to sources. Ducklow subsequently called a playbook editor to object to the story, but was told to call the playbook reporters with his concerns. But instead of calling the male reporter who initially contacted him, Ducklow tried to intimidate Palmieri by phone in an effort to kill the story. I will destroy you, Ducklow told her, according to sources, adding that he would ruin her reputation if she published it. TJ Ducklow needs to be fired. There's no double standard here. Everyone's like, well, you know, Jared Kushner and this and that and then the last thing. He needs to be fired. Okay. Um, first of all, you're what, like a month into this president? Oh, not even. You're in the first month of the presidency. You're not the head of the comms team, but you're a part of this new new guard and you're trying to look more, let's face it, morally superior to the last one, which shouldn't be hard, but, um, but yet, you know, I mean, it's just, it's just, it's just absurd. You, you, whether it be like, excuse me, saying I will destroy you, I will ruin your reputation, that would have been enough to be fired in my opinion. But going further, that whole shit about like, you're just jealous of my girlfriend and you wanted to fuck whomever the man was, who knows? to a professional journalist doing her job is out of line. Um, I totally agree with her saying, this is no longer off the record um, because she was harassed. And this is yet again, 
another like painful point of how it doesn't matter stripes like Republican, Democrat, progressive, uh, conservative, whatever. This is about the patriarchy. This is about misogyny. This is about a man in a point of privilege and power, namely this time, he's a communications director person in the White House, which this female reporter is obviously gonna rely upon in the next four years. You're using your point of privilege to threaten a journalist for doing her job and also then making category like intimating or projecting or however you want to say it like her alleged like that the reason why she's going after the story is because she's jealous of another woman which is the patriarchy like always trying to pit women against other women i just I read this and my fucking head blew a, I mean, I blew a gasket. You know, I love to blow a gasket. I blew a gasket. Um, if I was Tara Palmieri, I would have, <laughs> I wouldn't have just narked him out. I would have fucking like, burned him at the stake like I would be like I would go and fucking ruin this guy's life so like I said he's being suspended for a week without pay he's apologized to her in an email and apologized to the um to Politico as a whole And then, um, yeah, okay, Jen Psaki, who's the head of the comms department. TJ Ducklow has apologized to the reporter with whom he had a heated conversation about his personal life. He is the first to acknowledge this is not the standard behavior set out by the president. In addition to his initial apology, he has sent the reporter a personal note expressing his profound regret. With the approval of the White House Chief of Staff, he has been placed on a one-week suspension without pay. In addition, when he returns, he will no longer be assigned to work with any reporters at Politico. What is that shit? So then that doubly pissed me off. So Jen Psaki, you're a woman. You're a woman who's worked in the landmines in the swamp for five trillion years. And basically, in a way, you're helping the patriarchy shit on a fellow woman in a point of like, in your industry, a week without pay and you can't engage with people from Politico. Like, why the fuck should he get off like that? Fire the motherfucker. And people in threads, yeah. The standard set by President Biden when swearing in his staff requires that Ducklow be summarily dismissed. I agree. 
like everyone's a hypocrite about something. I understand that. But after coming out of four years of extreme gaslighting, and we're continuing to be gaslit by the last administration with this whole impeachment thing and and nobody nobody is really taking accountability for um for the deep 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 mess we're in as a country we have fucking militias and who are being bankrolled by the mercers and all these other shady characters yeah joe biden build himself although you know i'm not like i'm not like yeah biden you know but i myself voted for joe biden partially to i i felt strongly that i had to vote for joe biden because it was too dangerous the potential of donald trump winning again so with the vote that i gave even if even though he was like my 80th um <laughs> 80th choice of um people running for president i as somebody who played ball want to see fairer and less hypocritical actions by this new administration and one of them is protecting the integrity of professional women and fuck this TJ Ducklow with the unfortunate name. Fire TJ fucking Ducklow. He's gotta go. Ducklow, gotta go. I mean, what is this shit? So that's, that's deep on my spirit. Um, what else? <sighs> A few other things, quick, quick hits, maybe. Watched um, Gringo, which was a documentary made by Showtime about John McAfee. Um, I had heard from people that were involved in the story that it was kind of like not even the whole shebang of like how ruthless and crazy John McAfee is. If you don't know who John McAfee is, the short version is he is the like godfather of virus security, you know, computer um, security software. You've probably used his virus um, detectors on your computer at some point in your life, unless you're a way, way young millennial. Maybe you don't even know about McAfee, but so he came up with that stuff, made a whole bunch of money, then got bought out. And then kind of he moved to Belize and became a wild boy. Like he had like compound and like a lot of, he basically paid for like, eh, yeah, I guess it's, it's, well, I don't know. Is it sex trafficking or is it just sex work? It is 
most of the women that were involved or that were in the documentary, they didn't say that they were sex trafficked, but they it seemed like it was a consensual sex work. But again, I could be due to the director of this documentary, I could be getting a skewed view. So I do apologize if it was like um, sexual exploitation, but it seemed like the women consented to it. And I believe all of them were 18 and up, but anyhow. Um, so he had a harem of women. He had a neighbor, I guess he had these like, he basically bought a militia himself, all these militias um, in Belize. He was on a lot of drugs. He was paranoid as fuck, excuse me. And he had a neighbor, he had these like really like crazy dogs, like attack dogs. And he had a neighbor in the next like, excuse me, um, the next like big compound over. And the, the neighbor complained all the time about the dogs. And finally, after several confrontations about the dogs being loud, decided to poison the dogs, which A, I think that's hella not right to do. Um, and as somebody who loves animals, that's fucking gross. But John McAfee decided to get him back in the most horrendous way possible and in and either killed him himself or paid somebody to pay him. It's kind of like there's mixed messages in the documentary. It might be this guy, Mac 10, not Mac 10 from the West Side Connection, though. Let's be, be, um, be correct, but a guy who went by the name of Mac 10 in Belize, or it could have been John and allegedly maybe one of his harem, his, his girlfriends lured the guy. So then whomever shot the neighbor at close range was not like paying attention when someone came behind him and shot him, yada, yada, yada. So then John goes on a wild goose chase running from the law. At one point gets extra, like comes back to America tries to run for president in the 2015 election cycle, 2015, 2016, as a libertarian, but then Gary Johnson beat him out. Meanwhile, you know, Belize trying to get him back to stand trial because they believe he's a suspect in the murder of his neighbor. And then he runs, yeah, so just gets on, runs away after that and just recently actually got caught in Spain. And I mean, I don't know. It's the whole thing was pretty crazy. I would watch it if you have access to it. It's called Gringo again. Um, Showtime put it out originally, but I think you can get it on the other sources now. But the one thing though, and, I, and again, sex lives 
are very personal. What gets you off and what gets me off is very different. But as if you listened to the last episode, which so many of you did, and thank you again to Stacy and Gabe because that shit was fun. And I'm getting a lot of great responses about it. Really, really funny and fun episode. But anyhow, um, I'm not into poo play. And I guess all of John McAfee's girlfriends said that, and all of their stories, uh, you know, they were interviewed individually and all of them said that they never had quote unquote, regular sex with John. Instead, what he enjoyed is he had this like sex hammock thing that had a hole for your butt. And then he would get under the sex hammock thing. And all he wanted Whew. Oh gosh. Okay. All he wanted from these women was for them to shit in his mouth. I um I uh You can't, you could not pay me to ever take part in that. Um, no. So yeah, um, not my thing. Personally, not my thing. Um, another not my thing, but interesting and hypocritical stories. Uh, you might have read that uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, that uh, QAnon kooky Georgian new uh, House of Representatives person who tried to say that 9-11 didn't happen and was really aggressive towards um, Parkland student survivors and a bunch of other shit. Um, Yeah, uh, <laughs> so she was re, like, she became, like, born again, like, um, Christian um, for, <laughs> I just can't, um, for, um, Sorry, I'm trying to do like 8 million things at once. Um, so yeah, uh, so. <laughs> so she um, was rebaptized. Is that how you say it? For um, in 2011. And, you know, she's all kooky, blah, 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 blah. And wait, Brown Jordan. Okay, anyways. 
So turns out, so she was married, I guess, or is married. And I, shortly after she was rebaptized, um, she started engaging in affairs at a gym um, with a bodybuilder tantric sex guru. And then she cheated on the guru or they brought in the manager of the gym. I don't know. Now, like I said, sexuality is none of anyone else's sexuality is not my business, but I'm sorry, you get a big LOL from me if you are somebody who A, as is like pushing around kooky conspiracy theories, first and foremost, all that QAnon shit, saving the children and family values and, and, you know, Christianity, like we're, Christianity in America is being, is being threatened and marginalized by the radical left. Don't talk to me about family values if you are literally um, cheating on your husband with multiple men. Um, don't want to hear your opinion on anything, you fucking crazy kooky bitch. But, you know, some people are like, I feel like we shouldn't laugh about this. Oh, no, I'm, I am laughing. I'm laughing, you kooky hoe. Like, the Christian right for me is like something that I'm getting, especially in the last couple of years. I've always kind of, you know, growing up Jewish, like I've been inundated with like, the dogma of Christianity my whole life. And I respect anyone that believes in its tenets, for sure. I would just ask that as anything, my Judaism or my other spiritual practices are equally respected. And I don't know, I don't wanna kill any Christians, but there's a plenty of Christians that wanna kill me or people like me, should I say. So, you know, it's all just too much bullshit for me. Um, hmm. What else? Tomorrow, 25th anniversary of Tupac's All Eyes on Me coming out, which is pretty, pretty trippy to hear that number as somebody who was alive, conscious, although probably super stoned when that album uh, first garnered popularity, but like, it's just, it's still so fresh in my mind. It's, it's so crazy that Tupac is no longer with us, that Biggie's no longer with us, that those times in our lives like really happened as they did. All Eyes on Me, great album. I definitely will be listening to it um, either tonight or tomorrow in my free time. So. Shouts to Tupac, King of the West Coast. Um, 25 years, that sounds like a fake number. And lastly, um, we lost Larry Flint this, this week, who I feel very passionate about. I think like when you, when, when everyone's like talking about true patriots and the power of the first amendment, um, 
Larry Flint is that dude for me. Um, if you don't know the backstory, the reason why he ended up paralyzed from the waist down is because he was shot by somebody that was incensed by the fact that um, one of the porns that Hustler put out was an interracial um, porn. And the person was basically a white supremacist. And so he was so um, fucking angered to see a white man and a black woman and vice versa on in his pornography that he was consuming that he sought out Larry Flint and he shot him. And Larry Flint didn't stop after that. Well, should, you know, he, he survived, but um, one of the things I find so magnanimous about this is that um, I forget which state it happened in. I don't believe it was California where he was shot. It was a state that was, or maybe it did, because I mean, California did used to be a, um, a capital punishment state. So maybe it was, my apologies if I don't have the full story correct, but I do know this next part. So he was shot and um, the guy was apprehended and he was put on trial. And because of the premeditation or whatnot, um, they tried him and they sentenced him to the death penalty. And Larry Flint um, at the sentencing hearing for the crime against him, got up there and pled with the prosecution and said, I don't believe in the death penalty. Please don't give this man the death penalty. And as somebody who also doesn't believe in the death penalty as I, I mean, I just don't. I, I just, I partially because I do think that people have the capacity if they are re, like worked with and believed in and spoken to with dignity. Um, I, I do feel like some people that do really heinous things can be rehabilitated first and foremost. Um, we also don't know if the person had like a psychological issue and as somebody who comes from a family with, uh, with psychological issues in them. Um, I've had family members do things that were very uncharacteristic of who I know them to be when they're on their medication. And so we just don't know. And so uh, there's just so many people that get executed by their states um, that it's, it, whether it be trauma from a young age, there's so many things that create um, your path as a human being, like think Lord of the Flies. And whenever you, you read it in school and you did book reports or mock trials, like nature versus nurture, like these are things like, I think that we need to um, keep more in mind when we're talking about the carceral state and also what crimes, um, who should be incarcerated for large periods of time and who shouldn't. But uh, again, that's a, a longer conversation for a different 
day, but um, I just think that for Larry Flint to know, like he himself is a sinner. I mean, we're all sinners, right? For him to ask for mercy for someone who changed the the trajectory of his life forever, his health, he can't, could never walk again and still have that empathy and, and like I said, grace. It's just so powerful to me that he was that way. The state didn't listen to him and they, they ended up executing the person who shot him, but he tried everything in his power to, um, to make it not so. So uh, I very much admired him. And like I said, like the free speech and, you know, trying to desensitize our fucking puritanical um, country, you know, that sex happens and sex is not always just like procreation and it's okay to have as long as it's consensual um desires and and also he was a really strong writer like not just not just like you know how they say like i read playboy for the stories like but larry flint was a great writer true and i mean they didn't love it, but later down the line, uh, Hustler bought Big Brother magazine, which was a big part of my um, early skateboarding years, because they kind of saw like that same kind of anarchy and punk rock kind of mentality that is the back, the great things about the skateboarding industry, not the stuff seeped in misogyny and let's face it, sometimes racism in the skateboarding community, um, inclusive. It's so weird that the skateboarding community is so weird. On one hand, it's very inclusive. On the other hand, it's, it is like, even with the inclusivity, like there's a, I, I have never been around more white men in a kind of like, group, you know, outside, I don't hang out with white supremacists, obviously, but, um, you know, growing up in the, like being around the skateboarding community, I have never seen so many white men think it's okay to say the N word, definitely the F word, like a lot of just things and two people of color that are in the skateboarding. And sometimes they got their ass beat and a lot of times I think, especially if a skateboarder was of a certain notoriety and a younger person of color was skating with them, I think they're as everything. Like you don't want to piss off your fucking hero. So maybe you didn't check them, but you know, down the line, someone, someone else might like, and there's people I admire for their skateboarding prowess, but have hung out around and they are complete, <laughs> they're complete fucking pieces of shit. Um, and possibly sexual assaulters and 
just like a lot of, I don't know. I think like, I have a very unique perspective of the skateboarding industry. Like I know a lot of, I know a lot of people like that are important to the culture. And I mean, they were lovely, like they were lovely to me, but some people think they're the biggest asshole on earth or there's like forums, like slap forums about somebody that I am, was rather close to and shit about him, like blah, 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 beat up, blah, 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 blah. And he was a crooked blah, 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 blah. You know, like I didn't experience that from him, but <laughs> I mean, I don't, you know, I can't speak on other people's truths and that stuff, but I've met, I mean, I've met a lot of high, high interest skate, you know, pillars of the skateboarding community. And some of them are fucking great. Some of them are fucking kooks. There's nothing like being at a SRO and having Andy Roy like come in and asking you for like things, um, recycled bowls. Cause he was like hyper focused for a while on making money from taking a bunch of recycling stuff. I guess you can get paid for it. I don't know. I was my my ears were turned off like when he was explaining I was like okay um but now he has new teeth and allegedly sober who knows everyone has a chance to change uh I'm just saying like I was lucky for the most part being such a tomboy hanging out in the skate skateboarding community but um you know I saw a lot of I saw a lot of shitty fucking things. Um, and I continue to, I don't, you know, obviously I don't pay attention in the same way, but will always like be important to me. And I loved growing up skateboarding. I loved growing up around skateboarders. I love, I love still the overall energy of kind of like a bunch of misfits finding um, a commonality. And I still, I still get geeked out when I watch like old skate parts or videos like on YouTube, like or old interviews or listen to podcasts with people I admire in the skateboarding community. Don't get me wrong. It's it's like anything, like there's bad eggs and there's good eggs. But I think as a woman being a part of and identifying with that community definitely was rough at times because you had to fight for your, the worst thing in my opinion is if men in the skateboarding community only thought of you as like a pro ho or 
a daddy, whatever, you know, the names changed over the years, but like, you know, if you didn't garner their respect and they felt like you were just there to be passed around for their sex, like to be looked at or to be sexually harassed, they treated you in kind. I was, I was pretty lucky. Um, I had, I feel like very genuine, like friendships with a lot of male skateboarders and I didn't get fucked with as much because they knew I bite back, but um, I definitely witnessed other women, A, like, play themselves with dudes thinking like, oh, I'm gonna get this person's attention and then I'm gonna be like, <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. Not famous, obviously not famous because you're with that person because mostly like it's niche, it's niche like importance and fame, I guess. But like, you know, if you're having sex with a very well-known like professional skateboarder, there's a notoriety. Um, also, there's a lot of um, infidelity with those relationships anyways, but um, yeah, but like a lot of girls would shit on other girls to make themselves look good to specific guys in the community. And I mean, again, it's just the patriarchy, the worst of the patriarchy, I guess. But I'm blabbering on, so I'm gonna go. But again, going back to the beginning, Valentine's Day, don't sweat it. Doesn't mean shit. Honor yourself that day um, or honor if you're in a like polyamorous relationship, you're dating around, um, whatever. Honor all of your partners in a safe way. Um, give yourself self-care. Right now we're also in Mercury retrograde. Everything is a little nutty. So just like be gentle with yourself and don't, don't let society put this like dumb fucking fake importance on shit, okay? Seriously, it's not fucking the end of the world if you're not booed up. It's not the end of the world if you're X age and you're not married. Enjoy your life. It's harder right now. I know that, but you deserve to not be stressed out by yet another societal pressure. I love you. I'll be thinking of you on Sunday, whomever you are. Hope you send me love on Sunday and fuck the patriarchy. And with that, verb pod out. Episode number 64, listen to Tupac tomorrow. Thank you. Goodbye.